welcome to episode 27 of the Avatar Hour podcast, your ultimate companion podcast to the world of Avatar. I'm Kayla. And I'm Andre. And this week we will be discussing the final chapters of FCE's The Rise of Kiyoshi, chapters 29 to 32. Woo-hoo! Before we start, we do want to warn you that this podcast will be mentioning spoilers for Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, and The Rise of Kiyoshi. Duh. However, you are free from spoilers regarding the sequel novel, The Shadow of Kiyoshi, as well as any Avatar Universe comic books. So, Andre, how are we doing this week? I am doing just fine. That's great. How was your <laughs> Valentine's Day? Because that just happened, uh, you know... It was it was really nice. It was the first Valentine's Day that I spent where I was not actually single. Aw, that's so, so sweet. That was that was really fun. Um Aww. we we uh we got a hotel for the weekend and we had a lot of amazing meals and just spent some time together and it was really nice. Oh, that's so sweet. How about you? How was your week? Uh, I had to move out, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm in a brand new apartment, and I'm doing great here now. Uh, so that's that's great. You know, I got to decorate and everything. It's nice to have my own little space now. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely very cozy. Um, I spent my Valentine's Day uh, not really as bitter as I usually am on Valentine's Day. I think this year because I had a lot going on mm-hmm. leading up to Valentine's Day that I just didn't. Uh, you know, didn't have my usual note of bitterness, but it was more definitely the self-love kind of day. I had, you know, I made myself my favorite meal. I, uh, you know, I watched uh, Jinx Monsoon's Valentine's Day show and had a blast. Uh, mm-hmm. Met Jinx Monsoon. Uh, totally was not a complete dweeb the entire time. I only had two minutes, so it's not like I could fuck it up that bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, two minutes for a meet and greet? Two minutes for a meet and greet. That's I mean, long. Yeah, well, I mean, actually, like... I mean, for the virtual thing, I probably wasted like just like five seconds of me trying to f- realizing that I was on mute. She was like, I can't. Like, <laughs> oh, wait, you this happened this past weekend. This happened on Valentine's Day, which was on oh, Sunday. I thought you were. I thought you said you at one point met her. I thought like I did meet her online. I did meet her online. That's awesome. Yeah, it was super sweet. I was so glad I got to do it. And did you tell was... her to listen to the podcast? I didn't. <laughs> I'm just I had two minutes, man. There's only not so much I can do with two minutes. <laughs> You're telling me you didn't plug our podcast with Jinx Monson? Whatever. No. It's fine. <laughs> hey, Jinx Monson. Hey. Hey, Jinx Monson. <laughs> Well, that's really cool. That's really it cool. It was cool. So I had a I had a pretty good Valentine's Day, all things considered. Cool. Uh, yeah. All right, let's get into some news. We actually have two news items this week, which, if you are a regular listener of Avatar Hour, does not happen very often. No. Um, it was announced this week, uh, this past week, that Harry and Abrams Inc. Incorporated will publish a 2022 official Avatar calendar. So this calendar will actually feature exclusive watercolor illustrations of characters from Avatar The Last Airbender, and it's going to be released on July 13th, 2021. That's amazing. I haven't gotten, I used to get calendars for Christmas every year, Uh um, and uh, I haven't gotten a calendar in a long time, but honestly, I would like to get a calendar, this particular calendar right here. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think we're we're required at this point to <laughs> uh, yeah i think you know it's it's, it's in the non- the contract that doesn't exist for our podcast yeah if anything <laughs> just to see what the the watercolor illustrations are oh my um, god we could do like an unboxing video you know be like one of those annoying youtubers is be like you know but actually it'd be kind of cool to see the watercolor but... <laughs> illustrations yeah. oh i'm not kidding i i'm kidding I, I had a joking tone but i'm actually not kidding <laughs> okay i'm down i'm down um I think this cal- calendar uh, is just highlighting Avatar The Last Airbender. So I'm wondering if they have a Legend of Korra uh, one planned for later or the year after. Don't know. I mean, I haven't really seen much of Korra since it went on Netflix. Like, you know, I, it's kind of the, the died down a little bit. But I just hope that Korra is starting to get more love than, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get some. I like to, I always, Korra is my, one of my favorite shows. So I hope that, you know, people get more. That gets more love and like merchandise and stuff too, you know. Yeah, it does need more merch. You're right. Hmm. Wonder hmm. why that is. Uh, <laughs> oh. So, also this past Tuesday, Dark Horse Comics released their new Avatar Universe comic book, Toph Beifong's Metal Bending Academy, which we knew has been coming for quite a while. Um, and this comic book is written by Faith Hicks, a longtime writer for Avatar comic books, and drawn by Peter Wartman. Um, so this, this book actually takes place 
somewhere in the middle of the chronology for the comic books. So we probably won't be getting to this particular comic book for quite some time. Um, but yeah, this is really cool. I've been hearing a lot of great things about it. A lot of people seem to really like it. Um, so yeah. So the next one we're looking out for is the Suki Alone comic that they announced. Oh my god, uh, I'm so excited about Suki ago. Alone. Oh my god, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, super excited. Our girl Suki, she needs more love. <laughs> and depending on, I mean, I'm assuming that's taking place during season three of Avatar, and I can't remember what the release date was, but I mean, if if it comes out at a reasonable time, we'll probably cover it um fairly fairly soon before we do the rest of the comic book so we'll see we'll see how it goes all right chapter 29 the ambush we start out with we go back to jinju so jinju has returned to yokoya where servants are asking for updates on what happened and he basically just shuts the city doors into their faces and is now talking to heyron so he fills her in on what's happening while he's opening letters one of them is from governor tay but we're going to put a pin in that it's going to come back later to bite you know people in the ass i'm just i'm just i'm just saying as soon as <laughs> it said there was a letter for governor tay i'm like I'm i like, know exactly what's go. in that letter because exactly i fucking called it because he said that the last episode I made a, so yeah like, <laughs> i made a lot of predictions a lot of them didn't come true some of them did come true according it, uh, also in this section we have, as well, we have some but. older predictions that we made that mm. ended up coming to fruition so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll start unpinning those per- <laughs> those perspective uh theories yeah it's gonna be interesting the best time to start unpinning the last chapters of the book so yes so put a pin in the governor tay thing that's a more recent pin we'll unpin very soon and now he's trying to formulate another plan because he thinks that kiyoshi and rangi are in bossing say and he's ready to rally his contacts there which you know he's he's not wrong about the bossing say thing and not too wrong far off i should say uh because they're not that far from bossing say right from when they're I I I have to confess something. <laughs> yeah, I have to confess That's something. I I I have a semester. very bad sense of the geography of where everything yeah, is. I thought too. Yokoya was much farther from wherever Kiyoshi is, but it seems mm. like it's not that far away. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. If someone could if someone could point me to the direction of a map yeah. or something. <laughs> I mean, I wish I wish it came in the like you know how uh, like the Lord of the Rings books they come with a map of. Mm-hmm the um, world the world middle earth <laughs> M- middle earth yeah that's the name of it um <laughs> i wish i wish we had something like that for avatar yeah me too i but mean we can... do get it in the show but i want yeah. just the earth kingdom one that points out all the different earth cities and everything huge so you know it's yeah i think uh, you know i'm gonna make a prediction outside of the book oh. i think that is coming uh, fairly soon i think they are going to come out with a book that is just maps of places Ooh. from avatar i think that's like, like the logical see, like, a map of bossing say honestly with the three yeah. rings and all that that would be so cool mm-hmm. i'm hearing i'm geeking out over fucking maps who am i uh <laughs> we're, we're turning to our map phase oh my god yes uh so anyway he thinks that kiyoshi and rangi are in bossing say and he's really ready to rally his contact because he has connections in all three rings so that just shows does. you you know like again very good very good networking skills clearly it's just something that's been coming up in every single goddamn career meeting so yeah you know, he keeps his linkedin very updated absolutely absolutely so uh is it how do you pronounce his name again hoy the, hoy that's right okay so remember hoy had a spy in jinju's guard and he sent a message to and like the spy sent a message to hoy about the fruitless search of the avatar before jinju you know this was uh Saiful, i believe Yes, yes. Sifle was his name, so R.I.P. Sifle, I guess. I don't really know. I don't really care that much about... Rest in uh, power. Rest in whatever. <laughs> He's dead now. Heron uh, so interrupts him and says that it's over. Like, guy, we're, we're screwed. The She's Avatar's like, just gone. Stop. Just stop. Just stop it. It's stop over. it. Like, he, she said he was wa- she was watching Hoi while, while Jinju was gone, and she reports reported a lot of activity coming from his from him so like money transfers and messages and stuff so he's he's been up he's up to something yeah now remember jinju said that yun had run away so hoi doesn't even know that kiyoshi is the avatar i think right that's what i'm trying to remember he's a lot of lies he lies he lies a lot yeah they don't know that she's the avatar just yet (laughs) he's told like a million different versions of like the truth throughout this whole thing so it's hard for me to keep track of it i don't know how he keeps track of it which i think actually is a conversation that's had in the book anyway so we ask her okay what do you want to do hey ron and he she's like i just want to tell hoi and the other sages the truth about the avatar so they can make it easier to find her uh you know she doesn't really care about you know what's happened with kiyoshi she just wants rongi back um, and then Jinju was kind of like callous about it internally, you know. He's like, he's like, he was surprised by her lack of endurance. I'm like, jerk. 
I mean, we know he's a jerk, but like, you know, I was still kind of like, okay, great. I Very, guess. I mean, like, you, she's yeah, she's doing all of this because you just continue to lie and lie and lie. Yeah. And then he's like, how dare she not keep up with all the lies I'm telling? Yeah. <sighs> anyway. We don't like this guy, if you can't tell. Uh, and then Jinji just starts planning again. He's basically planning on telling the truth that Kiyoshi is the Avatar. And since that'll take a while to get that message out, he'll basically be able to get a press release together <laughs> right. to the other sages and to the world. And yeah. then possibly find Kiyoshi and Rangi and get them back during that time. So, he's you know, everything will a... just be tied into a nice, neat bow. Yeah, he's going to take a screenshot of his notes app with an apology and an, an official <laughs> statement. And he's going to post it on his Twitter. And, and then, then a lot the snake, of people and then are like, we'll uh, post snake emojis. And then people will yeah. post snake emojis under mm -hmm. his <laughs> yeah. comments. Jinju is over party, starts trending very soon after. <laughs> yeah. He releases an album ass shortly after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, once Heron leaves, uh, Jinju goes back to his mail and there's the pin about Tay. Let's unpin it. Background information, Jinji wasn't originally happy with the kid taking over the governorship, who was already from a corrupt family, but, you know, he's a kid and extremely malleable, and he looked up to Jinju, so he basically is another one of Jinju's puppets. Uh, he found out that Zhu had broken out, was broken out by the Daofei, and apparently he only kept Zhu alive because he wanted to study his ability to lightning bend, which was super rare and basically something out of folklore, which is something that is established multiple times in this section. Period. Let's so, talk about period. this. Let's I, go for it. I really think this is cool. I don't think we, I think we forgot to mention it, but um, when Kiyoshi is in the Avatar state and she has Zu like by the cuff of his shirt, she, she says like she never had even heard of someone bending lightning. And I keep, I kept forgetting like, oh, like this is not, I'm used to Korra where everyone kind of already knows about it, but mm -hmm. this is like generations before, like this was, for a long this is time, Azula and before Zuko and before you right know, it, for a long time was just not a thing people did. And this is interesting because he he promised the Fire Nation that he would keep him alive so they could study how to lightning bed. And I think yeah. that's how we end up with how just the Fire Nation royal family became the only people that knew how to bend lightning before I presume Zuko uh, disseminates that technique across the yeah. world so that's really cool Korra, like mako knows how to lightning bend and you can also see like there's one part there's like, a scene in like i think season one where there's like a factory where people are mm -hmm. lightning bending to power something so yeah, yeah. which is lightning which bending. is like it's it is lightning bending but it's a, it's a very it's a cruder version like it's a lot less traditional and and lots of happens to a lot of the bending forms in Korra anyway that's but. true. That's true. Yeah, we talked about that a lot. But I, put, I just put a like pin this. in that. Put a pin in that. We'll talk about that more when we get to Korra eventually. Yeah, I just <laughs> like this because it's a little. It's a passive bit of world building, which is my favorite kind. So mm -hmm. it just like it suddenly like... explains like why certain things happen later on in Avatar, which I quite like. It's so cool. Uh, so then, yeah, so now Jinju is so pissed that, like, he, uh, he's, like, he's ready to rip this letter apart, but then he sees the end of the letter that Tay had met Kiyo that had met Kiyoshi. Mm -hmm. uh, and so now he's confused on what the fuck she's doing, but he's happy that she's alive. You know, he's relieved that she's still alive. Yeah. And then he goes to the next letter from a lawman who had captured some Daofei who reported that Zu was killed by a spirit with glowing eyes, a.k.a. our girl Kiyoshi, with that badass moment in that last section. Like, But what ugh. did I say what did i say i knew this was going to be a so problem many witnesses. so many witnesses i said those daofei witnesses are running around running amok talking about a spirit with glowing eyes jinju mm -hmm. is going to hear about it and he did yep and there you go there you go it came to fruition so now he basically knows exactly where kiyoshi is and he thinks he has plenty of time to resolve his whole situation Psych. Because a caravan arrives in, in Yokoya totally unannounced, led by the Baifong family crest. So Hoi has been gathering the Earth Sages, or at least the ones that is on his side, mm -hmm. uh, to go and just basically, you know, oust Jinju pretty much. Yeah, um, he yeah, Jinju like is like looking at everyone coming. He's like, God fucking damn it. He picked every single Earth Sage that I have a bad reputation with. It's, like, yep. very obvious, like, what he's trying to do. Oh, yeah. 
So then Jinju's basically just avoiding conversation. Kenny's literally in this, uh, he's personally helping the staff prepare the food and tea. Well, the tea has, the tea, like, I was like, why are they emphasizing the tea so damn much? Why are they talking so much about fucking tea? It's just hot leaf juice. I know I sound like a, ter- I sound like Zuko here, but I do not like tea, guys. I'm sorry. It's a scandal. I know. But anyway, but of course that comes to, you know, that, that comes back later. Uh, yeah. The, about the, why the tea was so damn important. If I should know anything from this book is that when they were emphasized something a lot of times, going to come back later <laughs> to so, be fair i missed it i was like i missed right, it I he's missed making it the own tea, his own tea whatever great yeah, I, good I, for I didn't him. think and then i didn't think and then i didn't even think uh although i will say i never expected to relate to jinju on any level but him disappearing into the kitchen to make food to avoid conversation been there done that thanks that's thanksgiving at my house i'm like i got i go i get i get to a party this is pre-covid obviously get to a party i'm like y'all need help with the food but give me something to do. I don't. I don't want to sit around talking to people. So I feel you, Jinju. Although he he's doing it for a lot more nefarious reasons. So oh yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> see. So sages have now gathered. It's go time. Hoi then asked Jinju to summon the Avatar and kill Song, but Jinju said that he's still on his retreat. And then Hoi's like, um, I got the receipts. And there's no air temples reporting to me saying that they visited. So why has the Avatar been reported in an area full of outlaws that hasn't been seen since? What's what's going on here, man? What's going on? This is actually really funny because he's getting all these reports. I'm assuming the same ones that Jinju has gotten, but he still thinks it's Yun. He still thinks he thinks that Yun fell in with this group of Dafei and killed Zhu, uh, full Avatar state and everything. So this mm. is really interesting. Well, so like he talked like Jinju has a hard time making eye contact with Heiron because she doesn't know this part. She only knows that um, he tracked the Avatar into the mountains, but not about how dangerous the situation was and that Rongi's fate is currently unknown. They didn't say anything about Rongi. Yeah. So Hoi's like, yeah, so you suck at your job and you're not fit to be the Avatar's mentor. So, you know, <laughs> sashay away. Okay. <laughs> Shantae, you stay. Yeah, Jinju, well, sashay away. Away. <laughs> <laughs> So Jinju then flips out and he says that he that he calls out Hoyeon's bullshit and says that uh yeah you're only in this for the power asshole and also you're only like he calls him out on using only like use all the people that are in your pocket to show up here today like fuck off dude um and then Hoy's like well you know what whether they're my friends or not there's enough of us here to vote you out so um and then jinju throws up and gets woozy and then more and more sages get sick after him he yells at hoi what did you do to me and then he reaches out to heyron as he passes out so something Mm -hmm. has happened so this is really cool the way it's written um he fce like starts um planting little sentences here and there that at first don't seem like anything like it says like chamberlain hoi is like sniffling like he has a runny nose or like jinju says he feels nauseous but you think it's because he's just overwhelmed by the situation but it turns out it, it ca- yeah the way it's written it like kind of comes out of nowhere you're like wait what what's going on and then everyone like starts falling apart and you're like oh shit yeah scary well you'll see why everyone's falling to shit uh, in a little bit yeah. but that's not until two chapters from now that's that's your section andre Sorry, I'm trying to find a part for the next chapter because the end of the chapter, it happens. He passes out. Hey, Ron's passed out. Everyone's just dropping like flies around him. Chapter 30, farewells. Um, so Lauka comes into Kiyoshi's room with a knife. That's just, just casually comes in there. What um, do you have? A knife! A knife! No! no! <laughs> uh, Kiyoshi jumps for obvious reasons, uh, but he's just there to cut off her bandages. And so as he's cutting off the bandages, he asks her if she regrets killing Zoo. She said no, but she feels bad about letting Tay live. Hmm. hmm. And then he's like, well, we can fix that. You know, we can go kill him. And she's like, no, that's not exactly what I meant. It's more like she felt like she felt inconsistent. Like she could have should have killed both or saved both. Right. So more philosophical discussion to be had here. Um, So like I'm just going to read a part from the book. So uh, a general sends more some troops to die in a siege and holds back the others in reserve. A king taxes half his lands to support the other. A mother has one dose of medicine and two sick children. I wouldn't call your situation a particularly exalted one. So yeah. and he basically says like yeah it's gonna get it's gonna get worse eventually just letting you know like you have to make a lot of moral decisions like this over and over and over again 
and uh you know and she's like really it's gonna get worse from here like this is the worst right. it's like you know that meme where it's like this is the worst it's like a, it's bart simpson and homer simpson and it's like like this is like one of the hardest decisions i've ever had moral decisions i've ever had to make the hardest moral decision you'll ever have to make so far <laughs> right <laughs> that's basically this conversation right here yeah and that's and it, like that's like the avatar role in the nutshell isn't it you know but the, like uh, you know that much power that much ability and that much sway in the world's politics and everything yeah and there's that line there of you will never be perfectly fair and you will never be truly correct and i don't know just make it it, to me it it made me think about all the different decisions we saw ang make we saw cora make and how there were there was fallout and consequences to every single one of them Exactly. Like, you know, Korra chose to keep the spirit portals open, which brought back, you know, airbenders, but that also gave the airbending ability to a terrorist, you know. Right. And I, yeah, and then that terrorist ended up, you know, resulting in the creation, like, resulting in the rise of the Earth Empire and the, you know, destruction of Republic City with the spirit gun, you know, like. Yeah. Which, as I mean, I, I, I wouldn't go so far to say that all of that is Cora's fault. No, but... no, 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 no. But like, it's dominoes. You know, one decision. Yeah, it, yeah, impacts, it is dominoes. It's a ripple effects. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, the ripple. Mm-hmm. I'm mixing metaphors, but you know what I mean. <laughs> no, no, totally. And I think I think this line is is directly relating to that as well. I should just shove that in like the Cora naysayers' faces. Just be like, like shove this entire scene in their faces. Just be like, you know. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so then Lauga asks what she do, she do next and if asks her if he, she thinks she's strong enough to take on Jinju and Kiyoshi can't answer that. Lauga then just lets her go and says that he has some business to take care of. It kind of makes fun of it. It's just like, you know, oh, you know, you don't really have a taste for revenge anymore kind of thing. What's the what's the some seeker of vengeance you are? Your quest, your ultimate goal, you defeat the same enemy Jinju did. Do you feel strong enough to take him down? And yeah, he's just like, okay, whatever, go see your friends now. Yeah. Uh, Ken says that he has some business to take care of. And Kiyoshi's like, don't kill Tay. And he makes an innocent face and puts his knife in, a, in his pocket. And then, like, Kiyoshi's like, I mean it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like that. I, like, I love moments like that. I mean book. it, crazy grandpa. Don't, don't <laughs> go and kill this person. Please, I just saved him. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to do it, girl. I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> oh, God. So then uh, she goes to join the others and finds Lek and Rongi playing Pai Show together. And they're obviously relieved that she's okay. Lek says, uh, Kyoshi, like, you took a lot of uh, lightning bolts. Like, how are you still alive right now? And I'm like, we're, we asked ourselves the same question in the last yeah. section. Girl, how are you still alive right now? <laughs> oh, my God. Sunny asks Rongi about lightning bending, and she says that it's a skill so rare there are barely any living witnesses who know how to do it. So, again, bringing back the point that we talked about in the last chapter, just want to make another note of it. Yeah. Rongi then so, the notices, fire, so, the Fire yeah, Nation kind of has, like, they kind of know that it's a thing, but it seems that most of the world does not. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and then Rongi then notices the scars on Kyoshi's hands from the lightning bending, and she laments on how beautiful they used to be. And, like, they hold hands, and, like, Rongi brings Kiyoshi's hand to her cheek, and it's like, I got diabetes just by reading that section. Okay. It was so fucking sweet. And then their mom mm-hmm. gets interrupted. Uh, I mean, not just interrupted by Lek, but just everything. It's like, it's like this chapter. It's just like, okay, things are coming down now a little bit. And then, you, you know. You thought. You thought. Bitch, you, you thought. thought. And then, yeah, and then we'll see. So Lek interrupts their moments and is like, hey, let's just go shopping together. You know, we just went, we just went through a lot of shit. Let's just go to the mall. Get know? in, loser. We're going shopping. <laughs> exactly. So they go to the market to find and then find that people are kind of scared of her. Well, I mean, she just, you know, brutally killed someone with scary powers. Uh, oh, and she's basically the leader of the Yellow Necks now because she killed him. Mm. Uh, so, and she says, like, she thinks to herself, like, the first selfless heroic act I just performed as the Avatar, and it's been tainted. Thanks, guys. Great. Um, so, they go into this leatherworking shop to get gloves for her hands her hands to cover the lightning scars, and she basically gets these, like, gauntlets, um, and the shopkeeper gives them for free for what she did to mm-hmm. help, you know, the village and killed that guy. So, you know, like, yeah, and there's that yeah. line about how um, people in the Earth Kingdom, they look down on the people that, that make things that are just necessities for their lives. And I'm just like, well. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, where have I seen that before? Yeah. Yeah. 
So then they leave the shop. And they're all having a little, you know, Rogi, Kiyoshi, and Lek are having a little banter. But suddenly they get attacked with darts. They just, they, you know, blow darts. They get to, they, you know, and they all collapse. The poison has different effects on each of them. Lek starts choking. Rogi is barely conscious. And then Kiyoshi is paralyzed. Uh, it seems like a dart or I think it's a Shershu poison. They got attacked by mm-hmm. Shershu poison. And, yeah. you know, Lek has a reaction to it. Rogi gets dragged away. And Kiyoshi mm-hmm. is paralyzed for half an hour and finds that Lek has died from the poison. I was this hit me like a goddamn train. I was like, I excuse some, me. I somehow called it. I was like, why do I have a feeling that Kyoshi and Lex's relationship is going to break my heart? And it fucking did. You called it last week, and I was like, you were like, why do I feel like something's going to go bad? And I'm like, no, it's going to be fine. That he literally dies in the street like a dog from Shershu poison. I think it's a Shershu poison that kills. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> This is so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. And then she carries Lex's body to where she finds the Flying Opera Company, and their reactions break my heart. Wong mm-hmm. collapses and starts sobbing. Lauga closes his eyes and whispers a blessing, and Karima is completely as white as a sheet and hands Kiyoshi a message, and she's shaking. The message says, Avatar, come find me in, I it's a, it's a Chin, was it? I Chin Chow. Chin Chow Village. Sorry, I, was, I had to scroll up a bit. So avatar meet me come find me in chin chow village alone attached to the message is rongi's top knot i <laughs> i i texted andre i was text i, I read this a couple nights ago i texted andre i'm like rongi no and he just he had to re- it's like I, he had to reassure me that she was okay because like i was like i straight up did actually read ahead like that read ahead a little bit like mm-hmm. i just flipped ahead just to see if rongi had any lines of dialogue in the future <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I saw that she said something great. Let's go back. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm not about to have, you know, no. You this do not absolutely, get to... absolutely fucked me up. Wrecked me. Um, wrecked is it me. bad that I thought that Lauga did it at first? Because he I says, mean... I have to go take care of something. And then all of a sudden, they all get poisoned by blow darts. I thought I thought Lauga did it, but then it said so. he was. Uh, it said he was there when when she brought Lex. I was like, oh, maybe not. I guess I didn't think he did. So who do you think did? It was just some some random Jinju minion contacts. Yeah, I think huh. so. Well, you know, we never saw the second Shershu, so mm-hmm. maybe that second Shershu was in, ca- in case the first one didn't pan out. He had mm-hmm. that contingency plan to use blow darts instead and catch them by yeah, surprise. Yeah, and he used the venom. I think. I think it was venom. Yeah, I keep saying. I think. I think. I think they said that it was the Shershu venom. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if, if he thought that much ahead. So. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my heart's broken. Rest in power, Lek. Oh, Lek. And with that, we're gonna go to commercial break. <laughs> At break, <laughs> go do that. <laughs> and we're back. All right. Two more chapters left to go. Let's do it. <laughs> Chapter 31, The Return. Jinju sits at Heron's bedside in the Yokoya Infirmary, uh, and she just barely survived the poison tea. He sees this as an important sacrifice, and we learned that he was the one that actually poisoned everyone. So pretty much everyone that Hoi brought, including Hoi, and including some of the servants uh, who ended up using the same kettle to make their own tea, also died from this poison. Um, Jinju managed to survive the poison by learning from Master Amok, who, if we all remember, is the waterbender from the meeting with Tagaka that was able to withstand small amounts of poison by and, putting it in his eye. Yeah, um, and he was also uh, he was also Yun's teacher too, because Yun right. was able to you know, hold off the poison a little bit when Jinju drugged him. Yes, yes. Um, and put the pin it says, in Yun for it a bit. says that Heron seemed to be able to survive just by her sheer constitution and her inner fire. Um, so she is, is one strong woman, um, but it, she's like just barely hanging on. Uh, Jinju starts contemplating the consequences of what he's done, and he realizes that he's left most of the west coast of the Earth Kingdom completely absent of any leadership. So he's really fucked everything up. So um, on top of the incoming revelation that Yun was not the Avatar, the entire west coast of the Earth Kingdom is also without Drops leadership. Dead. And here's my question again. When does the Earth Kingdom Kingdom ever get its shit together? I don't no. think it ever does. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, he leaves Heron and he promises to himself that he will help her recover when he gets back from an important meeting. Da, da, da. 
Um, so we cut back to Kiyoshi and company, and they have just buried Lek in a cemetery near Zygon. They don't mark his grave with a headstone, as is the custom of the Shiwang tradition. And instead of giving a eulogy, they only stand in silence, which is also part of the custom. Um, and Kiyoshi starts thinking about all those times that she doubted her quest to kill Jinju, how this is the price of her, you know, not not whispering his name before every meal, and how every moment of mercy she considered was a mistake. She tells Karima, Damn. Wong, and Lauga that she needs to part ways from them in order to kill Jinju herself. So she arrives in Chinchao Village, and she immediately draws attention to herself. And I wanted to read this little blurb, um, because this chapter to me, there's a lot of, like, um, finality to a certain part of her arc as a character. Like, she she reaches this culminating point and where she really, really embraces her identity. And it actually, it actually happens multiple times within this chapter and, I think, uh, in the next chapter as well. So I want to read this. Um, she walked down the main street unconcerned by the stares she drew, with her headdress adding to her height, her makeup done in a fresh coat of red and white, and the heavy armored bracers strapped over her wrist. She looked half a performer who'd lost her troop and half a soldier without her battalion. She attracted attention, openly and without hesitation, like she'd never done before in her life. This was who she was now. This was her skin. This was her face. And Damn. I just love it because it is just a very, it's a, like I said, a culminating moment for Kiyoshi's character. I love the lines that, like, this is her face now. And I'm like... And that's how this. we know Kiyoshi. We didn't really know, like, you know, in the world of Avatar, that's what she's, that's what she's known for, is yeah. her, her makeup, her headpiece, everything. Yeah. So uh, Kiyoshi walks into this tea house where she, uh, um, again, immediately draws really weird stares. Um, she takes a seat at a table facing the door. She places a round stone bullet on the table, and she waits patiently, patiently for Jinju to arrive. And he does, uh, after what seems like hours, and she tells him that she uh, he looks terrible. He throws it right back and says that he can see that the Shishu poison hasn't left her body yet because she's still blinking slowly. Um, so yeah, com confirmed Shishu poison. Um, and apparently people can have really bad reactions to it, as we saw with Lek. Um, Kiyoshi asks where he's keeping Rongi, and Jinju tells her that she's in Yokoya, where Kiyoshi should be as well. Um, he then points to the stone bullet on the table and asks what it's for, and Kiyoshi says it belonged to someone who should take part in bringing you down, implying that it belonged to Lek. Jinju snaps at her, saying that if she does not return to Yokoya with him willingly, he will collapse the tea house and kill everyone inside. Kiyoshi implies that if he did that, he would definitely live up to his Daofei name of Gravedigger, and then he starts, like, laughing uncontrollably and starts detailing how all of that went down. And basically the way he did it is that he tortured a bunch of um, Earth Kingdom citizens and he showed them showed the Daofei that um, whoever whoever digs the deepest trench would live and whoever doesn't dig the deepest trench would die. And so he basically made these people dig their own graves and just completely shut the, the earth on top of them. And he tells Kiyoshi this very important line that true strength is bending people to your will and not the elements. And since Kiyoshi will not bend to his will, he will have to go back to Yukoya to kill Rangi. Now, before we get into the rest of this, I, ju I just want to talk a little bit about this confrontation because um, if I thought back to what I was picturing this confrontation to be like back when, all the way back when Jinju killed Kelsong, I wouldn't expect it to be a conversation in a tea house like i think this is like this is really cool it's very much um batman and joker in the interrogation room like it's very much that i love Absolutely. that i love the the trope of of two people in conflict with each other having to talk out their conflict in a very public place so they kind of have to feign this sort of politeness politeness <laughs> yeah it's like it's i don't know it's so delicious to me um yes. But yeah, ob obviously the revelation of how he exactly he killed those Yelenex is is fucked up, and Kyoshi is like even nauseous at the thought of just thinking about it. And the the line when he says like, um, "True strength is bending people to your will and not the elements," is like really telling of. I think it encapsulates Jinju Everything. perfectly as a character. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, I just wanted to stop down and talk about that for a little bit. Um, yeah. What was going through your head when you were when you were reading this? Like this whole scene? Yeah. I honestly like up to like, this point. I had like the you know like the whistle from uh the good the bad the ugly the yeah. I had that playing and like I actually straight up did start playing that as the scene happened. <laughs> I love that. I love you that. know and it, it added it to the mood and then of course like what happens later in this chapter is completely undercut the 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 you know mm-hmm. the tension that's just been building and building and building and it's just, yeah. like. It's just so satisfying, though, to see Kiyoshi, like, finally get that confrontation we've been waiting for, really, with, you know, since, you know, she went to the Avatar State for the first time, just seeing her, like, now she is grown so much, she has, like, and she has, like, bending abilities, but also, like, her bending abilities have grown considerably, obviously, and it's wonderful to see that, but also just, like, her... The way she holds herself is different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's the trauma. But also just, like, seeing her, <laughs> you know, just seeing her, like, going from someone who couldn't even stand up for herself over, like, a jar. Yeah. That was, you know, like, from a, a group of bullies for who probably weren't that great fighters themselves. To yeah. confronting one of the most powerful people and most powerful earthbenders of that time. You know, growth. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so yeah, he says he's gonna have to go to Yokoya to kill Rongi, and just then Lex Stone Bullet zips towards Jinju's head uh, before he manages to stop it from hitting him. And he asks Kiyoshi how she's able to bend something that small, to which she just says she fell in with a different group. Um, mm. Then this really cool thing happens. Uh, Jinju makes like this bending movement movement to bring the roof down but kiyoshi matches his movement by opening one of her war fans and count actually counteracts jinju's bending and it says that like the incredible pressure holds kiyoshi back from yelling to the people in the tea house because she's afraid that if she, if she makes even the slightest move her group her grip will loosen and everyone will be killed and correct me if i'm wrong do we ever see this happen in in atla or Korra where people are actually counteracting their each other's bending i'm just thinking of star wars right now but no uh i it is is star Wars. i'm thinking i'm thinking of the scene from revenge of the sith like that when like obi-wan and anakin are fighting and like it's the one part where like they both try using the force in each other and that's exactly yeah yeah yeah. that's literally what's happening right now it's like you know you just like the close-up of their hands like their hands are both shaking as they're trying to push each other away and then Mm -hmm. you know then they've been up pushing each other away but yeah that's what i'm thinking of right now i don't think so in Avatar, I'm not sure. I would I wouldn't be surprised if there was a scene like that, but I I don't know. I yeah, this it's it's just I don't I don't think it's something we've really ever seen in Avatar. I'm gonna eat my words so. when I'm editing, but um <laughs> yeah no I just thought this was this was really cool and also it's it's again kind of subverting your expectation of what this conversation is because it is much it's Literally much a tug more. Of war. It's a, t- it's a tug of war. It's basically. a it's a battle of wits. It's it's <sighs> it. There is a component of strength, but it's not an all out bending fight that we thought would be the You're case. Expecting. Like I think Kiyoshi has learned that. I think she even knows that if she, if this wasn't bending fight, I don't. I think she thinks she wouldn't even win. Still, even mm-hmm. after all she's gone through. So this seems yeah. to be like the the culmination of of how they they're gonna eventually resolve this conflict um so i i like it it's different it's fresh it's it's very 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 interesting um so jinju is struggling just as much as she is so it's not like it's easy for him either and he makes another movement to try and take out uh one of the side walls but kiyoshi matches him again and manages to keep the wall intact but it says that she like tears a muscle in her ribcage I'm so, I, and those the people in the tea house are still kind of are still oblivious to what's happening. Like it says, the people around them are noticing, like because they're doing all the bending movements. But everyone else is just like, oh, just drinking their tea. I would have been like, girl, get out of here. I would immediately been like, what's going on? Why is there a crack in the wall? I think we should leave. Like, yeah. So yeah, I think you underestimate how unobservant people can be. True. True. Um. <laughs> So, as they continue to struggle to counteract each other's bending, a hooded figure enters the building and walks towards them. The figure takes off the hood, and it's Yun! The pin comes out. We were right, guys. We were right that he's 
alive? He's back. That's the point. He's back. And I gotta tell you, I have mixed feelings about it. Vindication. Uh, let's <laughs> talk about it. That's what I it. felt. <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna read the the excerpt of, of from the book of when this happens. Um, Yun looked at them with a faint beatific smile. His skin had the glow of a healthy adventurer back from a successful trip. Neat stubble lining his jaw. His eyes twinkled with the same warm mischief that Kiyoshi remembered so well. None of this kept a blinding, nauseating sense of wrongness from pouring out of his body. People had always been drawn to Yun like metal to a lodestone, and Kiyoshi had been no exception. But he changed. There was something essential missing from the otherworldly being in front of her. Something human. The boy she loved had been replaced by a hollow scaffolding, wind blowing through its gaps. The nearby customers who had so far tolerated her strangeness recoiled away from Yun like he was a rotting corpse, scraping chairs over the floor in their haste to create distance. They couldn't bear to be near him. So, here's my question. Is he a spirit now? I think, honestly, he's like, I think he's probably part spirit, if anything. There's there's so many things in here. Like, it says something human is missing from him. He's got the the vibe of an otherworldly being people around him can't bear to be near him like it it feels like and even like the way he comes in and leaves so quickly it doesn't seem like he's human anymore no i think i mean i think that i don't know maybe this will probably be explained in the next book uh which is going to be an incredible act of temptation to not read and find out what happens next um Clearly, his, his experience in the spirit world changed him. I'm going to say so, insert joke about the spirit world not having a bathroom. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he's obviously seen some shit. And uh, something's been done to him. I mean, he was taken He was taken by one of the most powerful spirits. It probably was, probably, I'm going to assume, is one of the most powerful spirits in the mm-hmm. spirit world with Father Glowworm. So, yeah. So we took out a pin, but we're putting in another pin of whether or not this guy's human anymore. Yeah. So I don't know. It's very interesting. I, again, did not think that this would ever really be an uh, uh, outcome. Um, yeah. I was cool. thinking that he was going to come. I mean, I knew he wouldn't be the same person after coming out of the spirit world because I had a feeling he was, you know, he'd come back and we were right, clearly. Mm-hmm. But I knew he's either going to go there. I, th- I, I thought he was either going to go the route of like, you know, uh, angsty, traumatized badass or a uh, monster. And we went yeah. with the monster route. So Yeah, and he doesn't say a word this entire mm-hmm. time either. Uh, it's It's wild. Let's just keep reading. Um, Yun takes the stone bullet from the table, and Kiyoshi is shocked that Yun is able to rip the bullet from both her and Juju's earthbending grip. So not only is he otherworldly, he still has this incredible, ridiculous, ridiculous like level of earthbending that he can just take it out of of the grip between Jinju and Kiyoshi. Um, and then he puts the bullet to Jinju's chest and makes the bullet pass through him essentially killing him have you wait, have you seen have you sorry interrupt have you seen x-men first class yet i don't believe so there's a do you want me to say it yeah go ahead. okay so magneto is on this wait revenge. Is there, should we should we let tell the listeners spoiler alert spoiler? to anyone who hasn't seen uh first class i want to skip ahead a couple seconds mm-hmm. um magneto is on this revenge quest this and uh, for x-men first class against the person who killed his mother uh, a nazi and a fellow mutant and he has uh, this coin that had uh you know this uh, this nazi coin that was like a part that had to do with like his mother's death it's been a while since i've seen it but he uses the coin he's been holding on to it for his entire life since childhood and he makes the coin pass through because he's you know he's a metal mm-hmm. he's a metal bender i guess you can say for him <laughs> for his ability so he passes makes the metal coin pass through the guy's head and that reminded me of what yun just did so spoiler over interesting okay <laughs> um yeah and then he turns to leave but at the door he notices that the tea house is about to crumble and he grins and he bumps the table that makes the foundation of the tea house rise and fall. He winks at Kiyoshi, and then he disappears. Sick and fuck. I'm like, all right, what? <laughs> like, is it's like he's like some like death mischief spirit or something. Yeah. Like, it's it's very very weird. Um, I do want to talk about something though because 
I still don't know how I feel about Yun being the one to take out Jinju. On one hand, I'm okay with it because, like, I think the book even says that he this is Yun's revenge to take because Jinju was the one that did whatever happened to him at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But it almost also a little bit takes away from Kiyoshi's arc. Like, do you what do you think? Um I can see both too. Uh I think I'm honestly kind of okay with Kiyoshi not being the one to kill him. Um I think her I think her bigger Thing is just stepping into her role as the avatar and dealing with people dealing with threats bigger than jinju somehow mm-hmm. there are people that are bigger threats like yun <laughs> now um i don't know i, I mean, think to me it just it for some reason the narrative to me is implying that kiyoshi even after all of this has happened to her still couldn't take jinju out if she wanted to whether it be um strength or just the will to kill somebody else like i don't i don't know like i don't know how i feel about the her not being strong enough to take juju out herself like i don't know i'm trying to figure out what it's trying to say like i feel like (laughs) i don't know i i'm gonna i'm just gonna write it off as like this this is like a this was yun's person to take out like I feel like if I go back and read all of the moral stuff that her and Lauga talked about with like death and everything and how everyone, everyone you let go is your responsibility and stuff like that. Like, I feel like I could like kind of make sense of it, but honestly, this was the only time reading this entire book where I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I don't know. I I think maybe it's because I I'm working through my, my own expectations because I, I fully expected her to be the one to do it. Maybe that's why it's not sitting well with me. I don't know. Um, but either way, it happens very quickly too. I think that's the other thing. Like this mm-hmm. all happens like on a page and a half, and like yeah. Yun's in and then he's out. So I'll maybe reserve how I feel uh, about this once we get a little. I mean, more... remember, it's only part one of a two-part story. So right, right. So we'll we'll see what what exactly uh what exactly happens, and maybe we'll get some words from Yun about how all of that went down. Um. So yeah, he winks at Kiyoshi and then he disappears. And the tea house is like just about to crumble, like the world's falling before her eyes. And then we get a flashback. <laughs> out of nowhere. Of course. Um <laughs> and we're cut and we go to Lauga and Kiyoshi meditating. I'm not sure exactly when this takes place. They're near they're near Taihua, but I can't remember what chapter this possibly could have taken in. Um I but I assume it's probably before the raid, um, on Governor T's mansion, but um, it said, like, even though Kiyoshi had insisted that she didn't want to learn the secrets of immortality, Lauga made her participate in these longevity exercises with him. Um, so they're meditating, and Lauga tells her to divide her body in two, and then to keep dividing it, asking what she will be left with, and she answers that there would be a, a, a great big mess, and he simply says she should just put the pieces back together. And she tells him that human beings are not blocks of stone, and he disagrees, stating that the illusion of self-separation from the rest of the world is what limits people's potential, and that when she realizes the self is not special in any way, it will become easier to control. Hmm. So there's a lot going on in that just that paragraph. I have no idea how to how to respond to this, trying to make any sense of it, really. Honestly, it it feels like it's written in another language. Like I'm trying to <laughs> trying to Makes parse sense. it out. I I think it, at the end of the day, he's making a point about separating yourself from conflicts that you can't control. And once you are able to put that distance between that, you it will be easier to control yourself. And not just whatever going around you. So I think maybe the the lesson is you can't control what other people do, but you can control what you do. Mm-hmm. I okay, guess that that's sense. my that's my take on it. I don't know. Um, so we cut back to the tea house, and Kiyoshi enters the Avatar state in a brief pulse. It says, so Kinda it's like, like one of those. It's like one of those Legend of Korra Avatar states. Apparently, mm-hmm. this is a thing. We'll get into it on a topic episode one day. Um, and it says she feels a special connection to the stone that is keeping the tea house together. 
and she waits for the people inside to evacuate before finally releasing her hold on the foundation and she decides to leave Jinju's body in the rubble as her path to him has ended. And this reminded me of what they were talking about of how Lauga said like the key to immortality is you find out what's not in order in your body and you just put it back together. Like it's like blocks of stone. You just put it all back together. So I think that's like that special connection that said she was feeling um, like, I think like something finally clicked and she got it. Um, and then Chin Chow officers uh, show up and they attempt to rescue she, but she just simply does steps into the air and disappears. Like a badass. Yeah. Um, Kiyoshi reunites with the Flying Opera Company who have just returned from successfully retrieving Rangi from Yokoya. Again, yeah. I don't have any sense of the distance between these two places. I don't know. Maybe Chinchao is the other way. It's a lot closer to Yokoya. I don't know. Um, so Rangi runs to Kiyoshi and, you know, crying in her arms. And Kiyoshi notices that Heiron is off of the corner and she is just com still like completely passed out against the tree stump. Um, Rangi says that she couldn't leave her and Kiyoshi promises to help her make sure she gets better. Uh, it also says that Kiyoshi strokes Rangi's hair, but she is too ashamed because, you know, it's cut and it's like a, a, a sign of honor. And Rangi says that she should have been covering her hair to hide it from Kiyoshi, but Kiyoshi says she doesn't care. She's just glad that she's alive. Mm -hmm. And aren't we all? <laughs> um, Heart attack I didn't need. <laughs> I was really afraid for a second that like they would um, do that. rescuing Rangi would be the main thing for book two but i'm just glad they 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 got it over with very quickly um <laughs> Goodness. kiyoshi asks karima and wong how the rescue went and they tell her that there were no casualties and wong who's adorned in gold ju gold jewelry that he stole from jinju says that after jinju killed lek they couldn't let him get away with taking another one of their own so that's very mm -hmm. sweet um, Karima asks if it's over, referring to Jinju, but Kiyoshi gives her no answer. Between Heiron and Yun reappearing, it certainly was not over. So no. a little bit of meta fourth wall breaking there. Like there's still a lot to to a lot of loose ends to tie up. A lot of loose ends to tie up. A lot of pins to unpin. Um, <laughs> all right. So the final chapter twenty chapter thirty two hauntings. Um, there's a small time jump and Kiyoshi has ended up parting ways from the group and has taken to going to the Southern Air Temple to avoid the craziness of the world going on currently. Um, so everyone's gone their separate ways. Karima and Wong uh, said they want to lie low and take some time off. Lauga says that he's just going to rest, but he warns Kiyoshi that as a world figure, she is now on his watch list for assassination and you, you're very unclear about the tone and whether he actually means it or not. Um, <laughs> but I think Kyoshi is like, yeah, okay, I know. Yeah, I'll be looking out for you. Um, Rangi has taken her mother to the Northern Water Tribe because uh, they're the, some of the best healers there to try and help her recover from Juju's poison. Um, and after everyone left, apparently, Kyoshi hiked up the mountain to the Southern Air Temple with this group of people that she met and uh, proved to the airbenders there that she is the Avatar by bending fire and air. She decided to announce herself as the Avatar somewhere isolated like the Air Temples so she could avoid the fallout of the world fallout of people realizing Yun was actually not the Avatar all this time. So with that and the Earth Kingdom being devoid of any leadership in the West Coast and the Dalfei still running amok and the Yellow Necks have no leader and blah, 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 blah. There's a lot <laughs> that still is kind of terrible and kind of crazy. Um, but... We get introduced to this new character, um, Monk Jinpa, uh, who is Kiyoshi's personal chamberlain or ambassador. And he's like briefing her about the state of the world and everything. And, and things are, are just other messy as hell. Um, they, the investigators were sent to Jinju's ma mansion to uh, try to investigate what happened and how the poisoning occurred. And they're convinced that it was just a secret operation carried out by Daofei whatever and hey the only person that could you know say anything about what happened is jinju yeah um, he, he dead witnesses and chinchao saw a young man kill jinju but still maintained that kiyoshi was the one that destroyed the tea house um the earth kingdom and the king of omashu have copies of jinju's last will and testament and he has left the entirety of his estate to kiyoshi and uh he also admits that he uh, falsely identified the Avatar and he asks his colleagues to give Kiyoshi their full support. And at first, Kiyoshi's like, 
what is this? And she's like, oh, so he just... Something, something smells fishy. It's just a ploy to make her look like she killed Jinju in order to inherit his wealth. And then the monk is like, yeah, it's not looking good. Um, but then uh, there was this little blurb here that, again, is very much like the this is her skin, this is her face line from the, the previous chapter. Um, it says that it was said that each avatar was born in fitting times to an era that needed them. Judging by its start, the era of Kiyoshi would be marred by uncertainty, fear, and death, the only gifts she seemed capable of producing for the world. The people who would never re- the people would never revere her like they did Yang Chen or smile at her like they did Kurik. Then let it be so, she thought. She would fight for Ill- she would fight her ill fortune, her bad stars, and protect those who might despise her to the very end of her days. Which is damn. That's a raw like passage right there. Very raw, very all encompassing for Kiyoshi. Like she is fully like. She's like, I'm the weirdo, I'm the freak, and you know what? I'm gonna fucking own it. And not not a lot of people are gonna like me, but I'm the avatar, and I have to do what I think is right. I mean, with the exception of that of the that one area in uh, Avatar Day, <laughs> uh, right? She's pretty well loved in the Avatar universe. In the yeah. end, with the exception of that one area, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The actual, yeah, I mean. Apart from the people on Kyoshi Island, we don't get a whole lot of we don't get a a, a larger sense of how the rest of the world thought mm-hmm. what what they thought about Kyoshi. But well, yeah, we've seen she's pretty. She everyone seems. I mean, at least I'm, maybe I'm mixing up what the world think, what the Avatar world thinks of Kyoshi versus like what the fandom thinks of Kyoshi. They think fandom. Sure. Meanwhile, they you know she's like the Chuck Norris, you know, <laughs> right? Exactly, <laughs> Avatar exactly. universe. Yeah, but. I don't know. I'm, ho- I'm hoping the comics will shed a light on how more people felt about Kiyoshi in in retrospect. Um, so Kiyoshi tells Monk Jinpa that she notices that Kelsong's name is in a lower place of honor and tells him that she requests his name to be restored to its original honor and status. And she thought, you know, a statue would also be nice. And m- the monk says, uh, this isn't going to go well with the elder. She's like, no, I don't care. Just make sure he gets a statue. Um... <laughs> And it, there's this line I uh, I I put in at the last minute because I forgot to do it when I was outlining earlier. But um, Kia, she says that she doesn't think she'll be bothering the Chins ever again. Uh, <laughs> kind of re- referring to what happened in the Chinchao village, and it's just a little bit of fourth Tiny wall breaking cheek. funny because <laughs> Chin the Conqueror. We don't we all know how that went down, making her own island and shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, isn't is Avatar Day season two or three? I'm trying to remember. Season two. Was it? Mm-hmm. It's in the, it's near the beginning of the episode, uh beginning of the season as well. Um okay, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I might have gotten two things mixed up. I might have gotten two different episodes mixed up. So okay. That's okay. All right, you're right, you're right. Just wanna make sure. <laughs> okay. Um uh then the uh monk Jinpa apologizes that he and his compatriots have not come to her assistance for so long as they were kept in the dark like everyone else. She replies that it's not the Air Nomad's fault, and he tells her he is not referring to his other—he's not referring to them. And then just, you know, out of the blue, asks her if she plays Pai Show. And she said she does not have any taste for the game, and he laughs. So this is like White Lotus, right? Oh my god, yeah. I didn't even I didn't even think about it because he wasn't referring to the Air Nomads, and he wasn't able to, like, I'm sorry I wasn't able to help you, but he was not referring to the Air Nomads. Right. So. He, was, he wasn't. But he seemed to be referring possibly to well, be because, referring to, and then he references Pai Show right after that. I, I, I think so. Yeah, because in, in so. Korra, the White Lotus were were tasked with finding the next Avatar, right? But when we see it in in, in Atla, they're kind of like an underground group. That are, they're kind of just like keeping an eye on things, like underground, but they're not really working with the Avatar. So I think it's interesting that the White Lotus have a history of actually being on the avatar side and being like sort of of like the avatar's cabinet in the way the same way yeah. the president has its own cabinet um don't you know all, I just, people, all old people know each other <laughs> exactly um so yeah i thought that was a really cool it wasn't a name drop but you know we were all kind of thinking it so yeah he leaves her alone uh kiyoshi goes to meditate in her quarters um which apparently is is in this avatar hall or room they have a, a room specifically for the current uh, is this the southern air temple that she's at? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So I was trying to think. I got. I got. I was trying to remember. Well, I mean, it makes sense to have an avatar room like the. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so she goes to meditate in her quarters in front of a meditation pool, thinking that this is the only place where she could really feel peace. Um, and she thinks about Yun's reappearance, how much it unsettled her. And suddenly, again, another reference that he's probably not all human anymore. But suddenly she feels a chill and she hears a man's voice call her name. Her reflection in the meditation pool begins to morph and a mist rises up in front of her and takes the shape of a man wearing the clothes of a great water, water tribe chieftain. His body is adorned with hunting trophies, sharp animal teeth laced around his neck and wrists. The man says he needs her help as she realizes he is her predecessor in the Avatar cycle, Avatar Kurik, and then to be continued. Didn't he kind of call this too? Did it? Something with Avatar Kurik coming back-ish. I think I made or some prediction like about how past, she's going to talk like her to, to Kurik. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. That's not wrong. Okay. It's another thing that we get, we get, we get vindication points for this. <laughs> sure. Sure. But here's my question. What does he need help with? I don't know, man. What's going on? I don't know. What's going it's on in the spirit world? a whole book that answers that question. <laughs> I know the answers are, are literally it it... right there. We can't touch it for like a couple more months. No. What well, does it makes, he need? I mean, he's like, what if it has to do with Yun though? That's what I was gonna say. Like, I think Yun fucked some shit up. I think he he messed some shit up in the spirit world. Considering how much Kurok had to do with the spirit world and all that stuff, like you know, yeah, with Ko and how he hunted spirits and stuff like that. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of dots, but I can't quite connect them. You know, you didn't connect shit. I connected I, them. <laughs> I can't connect shit. That's the problem. Yeah. All right. And that's it. We just covered the entire book. That's it. We finished it. The first Avatar it. book. We did it. It happened. It was we wonderful. It. We are going to talk about our final thoughts. Uh, that'll come later. We'll explain how we're doing that. But right now, let's do Fandom Corner. Kayla, would you do the honors of reading this amazing webcomic? Yes. So there's this webcomic and it's Korra meditating and asking Avatar Kiyoshi for help with Amon and the Equalists. So, uh, so, so I'll, just try, I'll try to read the comic because, uh, you know, it's a visual thing and it's mm-hmm. a little different when you're trying to read it. So let's try this. Avatar Kiyoshi, I don't know what to do about Amon and the Equalists. And then Kiyoshi cuts her off and like, kill them all. And she's like, what? Kiyoshi's like, Kiyoshi says, you are the Lord God, Lord High God of all creation. You will make them understand that or you will soak their ro- your robes in their innards. And then Korra's giving her a horrified look. And uh, Korra's like, but that seems a little extreme. Bathe in their blood, Korra. <laughs> I said so this a- to you. I was like, I thought, I thought this was so funny. Literally the Chuck Norris of the Avatar universe. Death um, here's Kiyoshi. You know, Kiyoshi doesn't fear death. Death fears Kiyoshi. One time exactly. I had to pick a Kiyoshi for Kiyoshi themes something for Phantom Corner. So, one time a snake bit Kiyoshi, and after three long, painful days, a snake died. <laughs> I can do this all day, guys. <laughs> exactly. All right, so we're closing on out of here. Um, if you need something to fill the empty void that I'm sure we leave when we don't release new episodes. Our Patreon has bonus content with our flagship benefit, Avatar After Hour, where we're talking about all kinds of things. Um, We'll also be announcing our March episodes on Patreon uh, pretty soon, including what our monthly topic episode will be and what we'll be discussing for Avatar After Hour that month. So if you're interested in in, uh, being in that loop, head over to patreon.com slash the Avatar Hour podcast. Um, and right after we wrap up recording this episode, we will be recording an episode for Avatar After Hour, where we reflect on our experience reading Rise of Kiyoshi, our final thoughts on the story, as well as what we think Shadow of Kiyoshi will be about. Um, so this episode of Avatar After Hour will be released on the same day as this episode comes out, and then... A week later, on March 1st, we will be releasing that final Rise of Kiyoshi episode where we reflect on the book as just a regular installment of the podcast. Um, So if you want to hear that a full week earlier, sign up on our Patreon at the $5 Air Acolyte level. If not, you can wait until March 1st to hear our final thoughts on the sh- on the book. And if you'd like to get in touch with us to send in feedback about the show or share some memes or theories for Fandom Corner, then you can follow us on social media. Facebook and Instagram, we are at the Avatar Hour Podcast. And Twitter, we are at Avatar Hour. 
And if you would like to follow us personally, you can find me on Twitter at hey, it's underscore Andre. And you can find me on Twitter at Kayla underscore underscore Gagnon. And that's it. That's it. We completely finished Rise of Kiyoshi. Um, We did it, man. We will be back for season two of Avatar The Last Airbender coming, I believe, March 8th is when we start doing that. That'll be really fun. I'm really excited to get back uh, into talking about the show. Um, Yes. And especially then, with uh especially with what we know now about the world from like Rise of Kiyoshi and just like seeing those mm, things in the show, like Yes. Yes, good. absolutely. It's gonna be it's a lot so of fun. Good. But until then, we'll sign off for now. My name's Andre. And I'm Kayla. Bye everyone. Bye.